Hello and welcome to another Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update. I am your host, Gabe Jones. If I sound a little different on this episode, it's because I'm using some different equipment. Uh, you know, we have uh, people doing different projects and things, and so the equipment I usually use to record these podcasts is um, being used by someone else at this point for uh, for a project. So um, that's why this might sound a little different if you're used to listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast. But uh, we're still here, and i got a few things for you to share, and hopefully you enjoy this weekly news update. First of all, in response to the recent allegations of sexual abuse by Catholic clergy, as revealed in a grand jury investigation in Pennsylvania, Archbishop Carlson called the findings extremely disturbing. He went on to say, quote, Priests are called to be spiritual fathers to their people, and bishops are called to be shepherds of their flock, to protect the people in their care. We know that in many cases that has not happened. The trust of the faithful has been violated. We must act on behalf of the victims of this abuse in order to bring to them the love, healing, and light of Christ. Archbishop pledged his continued commitment to the protection of children and young people and said he will be inviting the priests of the Archdiocese of St. Louis to join him in offering masses for all victims of sexual abuse. The entire statement can be found online at archstl.org if you find uh, the press release section of the website. So archstl.org. And if you click on media resources at the bottom of the page, you will be able to find press releases and then you can find the statement. About 100 leaders from parishes across the Archdiocese gathered Saturday, August 18th for a B1 resource morning to discuss best practices in parish vibrancy. B1 is an initiative in the Archdiocese launched in 2015 to provide a framework for thinking about what we do and don't do and how we can help one another live our faith more fully. The resource morning this past Saturday featured presentations from parish leaders about some of the best practices they use in their parish, both internally and externally. Attendees left the event feeling refreshed and ready to create a vibrant atmosphere at their parish. The Office of Marriage and Family Life will be hosting facilitator trainings for both grief small group facilitators and divorced and separated small groups. To learn more, contact Melissa Keating in the Office of Marriage and Family Life at 314-792-7173. And speaking of the Office of Marriage and Family Life, a group of St. Louis area Catholics is in Ireland right now for the World Meeting of Families. The group has already visited the Cathedral of St. Patrick and the Shrine of Our Lady of Knock. You can follow along on their Facebook page. Just search for Marriage and Family Life on Facebook to see the pictures of the pilgrimage. One. 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 Unos. Two. 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 Duos. Three. 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 Tres. One, two, three, four, five. Four. 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 Quatro. Five. 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 Quinque. Quintessentials. 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 Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. I'll give you five things you need to know. That's right. These are the quintessential stories, the top five stories this week, handpicked by the staff of the St. Louis Review that you should share and discuss this week. You can find these stories on the website of the St. Louis Review, stlouisreview.com, or in the paper dated August 20th through 26th, 2018. 
One. 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 The St. Louis Review has coverage of the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report, which alleges more than a 1,000 abuse victims by clergy of the Catholic Church. The report states that the priority of church leaders was not to help children but to avoid scandal. The St. Louis Review ran a Catholic News Service article this week, and online there's a link to Archbishop Carlson's statement. Two. 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 Social change through the bond of books. Jennifer Brinker shares how Books for Newborns seeks to reduce poverty by increasing literacy. The group's goal is to help each family get the tools to better bond with their babies and improve their own literacy skills, which in turn has an impact on family life. Three. 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 Hope in the Resurrection, Church Teaching on Cremation and Burial, highlights the dignity of humans. Jennifer Brinker also delved into this topic this week because a new method of cremation called alkaline hydrolysis has drawn attention to the church's teaching on the practice of cremation. Jennifer actually joins me in a moment to discuss this topic, so stay tuned. Four. 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 CBC players embrace preparation as a path to success. This week, Joe Kenny has a feature on the CBC High School football team as they prepare to defend their state title this season. Five. 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 A gala event to help with the upkeep of the Cathedral Basilica. The inaugural Cathedral Basilica Gala is planned for Sunday, August 26th. The fundraiser is needed to provide help in preserving this magnificent structure, and you can read more in this week's paper. Those are the quintessential stories for this week, August 20th, 2018. You can find those stories in the St. Louis Review paper or online at stlouisreview.com. And remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit the Archdiocese online at archstl.org. You can also follow the Archdiocese and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. In just a moment, I will speak with Jennifer Brinker about the new cremation process called alkaline hydrolysis. So stay tuned for that, and uh, hopefully you'll learn something about cremation and this new process. This is also the point in the podcast where usually we talk about, or at least this year, we've been talking about the precepts of the church, and unfortunately, I don't have a pre-recorded segment for you. I know last week I didn't either, and I uh, shared just a, a brief summary, again, a sort of a recap of the precepts. And uh, I will do my best. I will get some recorded segments for you because I, I think those are helpful to uh, just learn a little tidbit of catechesis as you're listening to a podcast otherwise dedicated to news. So stay tuned. In future weeks, we will bring back the uh, short segments on the precepts of the church throughout the remainder of this year. So uh, that being said, uh, we'll move into my interview with Jennifer Brinker now on this edition of the Catholic Gateway Podcast Weekly News Update. Jennifer, this is two weeks in a row. Yes. <laughs> two weeks you've decided to pick a um, uh, difficult topic, and you it's featured in the Living Our Faith section of the paper. And uh, this week is the, what, what what are the dates this week? August uh, 20th through 26th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the Living Our Faith section that Jennifer Brinker has here, all about cremation. Uh, Hope in the Resurrection is the headline. And uh, so, Jennifer, this began you wanted to delve into this issue Mm -hmm. um because there was some recent discussion here in the archdiocese and with archbishop uh and really actually across the state there's been Mm -hmm. some discussion about a new cremation process Mm -hmm. and so the archdiocese has put a statement out or a memo to priests to uh funeral home directors we had a little faq on the website and a video that we put together as well Mm -hmm. and so you wanted to take this opportunity and delve into it a little bit more right Right. So 
yeah, I guess just start off with how you were approaching it because mm-hmm. you weren't just focused on the new process. You wanted to sort of get, give a big perspective. Right, right. So the new method of cremation, I, I should back up and, and say that this method of cremation, it's called alkaline hydrolysis. It has been around since roughly the 19th century. It was used a lot with um, handling um, carcasses of animals, livestock, that sort of uh, stuff. So, um, but it really wasn't until I'd say maybe 10, 12 years ago that uh, here in the U.S. we started to see it be used for human um, mm-hmm. disposition. So um, I know there was some buzz um, because there's a, I think, a facility here in St. Louis that is offering this uh, method of cremation. And what happens is it's... Um, so the body's placed in a tank, and um, similar to a traditional cremation process, um, and there's a solution of mostly water, I think like 95% water, and um, I think it's sodium hydroxide, it's like 5%. And so it speeds up the process of breaking down the body, and it's kind of separated in two things. There's mostly liquid form, as our bodies are made up mostly of water. Um, so the body is broken down, um, and what remains is the or the bones or any um, prosthetic devices you know that might be on a person. So um, the bones then are pulverized into ash, and that is returned to the family. However, the part about the water, um, that liquid is um, disposed of through the sewer system, and I think that's where this conversation has kind of taken a turn because. Um, you know, our, our bishops actually recently uh, issued a statement. Um, all the Missouri bishops have written saying they have concerns about the way in which this remnant is being disposed of. Um, so that's kind of where it's not so much the process itself that's right. the issue, but just how it's being disposed of. Yeah. So Because going in, and this is kind of gross to think about, but that liquid remnant that used to be a body goes into the sewer... Mm-hmm. And while we have great water facilities that filter Treatment a lot of things and out, and yes. you know, but but that gets back into the water supply, right. and yeah. then you're using that for your household mm-hmm. Drinking, water uses, bathing, yeah, et cetera. So, so this whole process and and kind of what's newsworthy about it, it brings up the bigger question of what the church teaches about cremation in general, and so that's why I wanted to take some time to explain that. Um, you know, I was talking actually to a deacon as I was, you know, doing my homework for this story on alkaline hydrolysis. And he said, you know, as a bigger issue that he sees as a deacon is he often has, um, you know, for example, like a family will come to him and say, you know, I have the cremated remains of my great grandma handed down a couple of generations and I don't know what to do with them. So it could have been, you know, two generations back that maybe that person's, you know, daughter or son you know, they kept the cremated remains at their home and it's being passed on and and folks are kind of in a quandary because they're like, what do I do with this? So um, so it's brought up a, the bigger picture of what we teach. The church does allow for cremation. Um, it is not the preferred method. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allowance burial. has been relatively new. I mean, it was 1963. 63, that yeah. Pope Paul VI allowed it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and it's, but again, it's not the preferred method, but a lot of people do. We're seeing a rise in the number of um, cremations that are taking place here in the United I think, States. I think your article mentions an estimate of like 70% of 
burials or funerals will be the projected amount yeah yeah, by like 20 2030 i think it'll be 70 percent of of burials will be cremation yeah and there's a good percentage of that that's already happening and i get it i mean it's cost effective it's you know it's half roughly half the cost of a traditional burial um but the story looks at you know how we value the human body um, and looking at the dignity of each person and how we are to respectfully handle remains. Um, so the church has some, some pretty you know, clear teachings about how we are to offer that respect and reverence and, you know, right. when, we, when we handle those who are deceased. And there is, there is that theology of, like you said, the resurrection of the body and uh, respect for, for the dead. There are some practical points as well. I mean, simply the fact that for... Um, like you said, if, if those remains end up in a great nephew's house, mm-hmm. right, he might remember whose remains they were, but unless they're labeled or there's some documentation to go along with it that remains with it, um, that information could be lost, and then we don't know who that person is anymore. Right. Whereas in a cemetery, it's much more difficult to lose that connection because you have the burial spot and mm-hmm. the headstone. Right. So the connection, the, the dates are there, the person's name, mm-hmm. it's much more easy to trace some of the connections. So on a practical level... That makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's the theology behind it, mm-hmm. and the reason why the church teaches what she does. So, right. So, my favorite, my favorite piece from the catechism um, specifically says the bodies of the dead must be treated with respect and charity, in faith and hope of the resurrection. You know, the hope in that resurrection is that we will be reunited with our bodies. Um, right. And I, I think that that's a big part of why the church says what it says about. I think one of the things that Pope Paul VI said when he was allowing for cremation, and the church's stance has changed a little bit since he initially allowed it in 1963. It has mm-hmm. kind of evolved mm-hmm. a little bit more. What he, um, what he said was it was allowable so long as it wasn't done uh, for reasons contrary to the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, which is an interesting way to think. Like, you know, if you're going to be cremated sort of as a last sign of obstinacy— Mm-hmm. towards the the church mm-hmm. and the faith and that's that's a problem right but like you use the example of red shandeast in the article right who recently had his funeral at the cathedral and yeah. his body was there in a casket yeah yeah and you know it's interesting i was talking to his daughter about all of this and um you know she said her dad's wish um was that he had a would have a catholic funeral mass and they did that in june at the cathedral basilica and then afterward he wanted to be cremated and so the steps that the family took was you know they had um they had his body there in a casket for the funeral mass and then afterward um after the mass was over they went um his body was cremated and then they had a private burial of um, the cremated um remains you know, Colleen talked about how this, doing it this way, she she said, they, you know, as, as hard as it was to lose their father, they were really glad they did it this way. Um, because on one hand, it helped them with a sense of closure um, that they could be present with his body in church, um, you know, at the at the funeral mass. Um, and, and I think, too, she said, you know, talking about how her, father being a very devoted Catholic, she said he would have wanted it to be done according to the church's wishes. And so I think that made them, you know, just, they felt better about doing it that way. Um, so I had a lot of respect and I was really grateful she was willing to share um, the family story and kind of the reasoning behind this. Um, and I think they did a, a beautiful job of 
handling that. Yeah, that really is a good example. So Jennifer, we've taken up a lot of time already in this interview and we could, this is a topic we could even talk longer about, <laughs> exactly. much longer, but we encourage people, yeah. we want to go, uh, people to go read the article in the review. And again, it is the August uh, 20th through 26th edition. This is 2018. And it's the Living Our Faith section from Jennifer, uh, that Jennifer Brinker has written here about cremation and the new alkaline hydrolysis process, which is, which is a part of this. And uh, I encourage everybody to go read it and uh, learn a little bit about what the church teaches on this topic. Last week it was vaccinations. This week, cremation. Do you have any other major topics oh, you're going to discuss in the future? Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you got, got to subscribe to the review so you can see this stuff, right? So <laughs> exactly. never know what Jennifer's going to bring out. Uh -huh. Thanks again, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you.